Welcome to Love Notes from a Soul Coach, a podcast where we talk all things healing, what motivates us, what gets in our way, how do we transcend those stuck places and learn to love and accept ourselves more. I'm your host, Mary, and I've crafted each episode around real themes from my private practice and my life with the intention of sharing insight, inspiration, and just keeping each other company along the journey. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into today's show. Hello, hello, friends. So last week's show was about tower moments, those moments in life when everything just comes a tumbling down for the sake of our growth, for the sake of our up-leveling, but for sure, they're deeply challenging times. And this is a topic I chose because, like all the topics I choose to explore on this podcast, it's personally meaningful to me, which means I feel passionately about investigating it and understanding it. And I find that what is relevant in one person's life is often relevant or coming up for other people too. And this is part of how our interconnection works as human beings. Also, a good teacher is a good student, and a good teacher is never there yet. They're forever working on themselves, forever studying and seeking to understand themselves and life better. So the podcast is something I created with all of this in mind. I wanted to create a physical space in my life where these themes that I'm working through and so many other people are working through could live and I could explore them with you every week. So I keep a folder on my laptop where I'm constantly adding ideas and notes and messages and screenshots and quotes. It's the cauldron where all of this stuff marinates and then each week something leaps forward and chooses to be chosen and then I put the show together from there. It's an intuitive process that will probably evolve in all kinds of ways but right now I have to say the podcast is something that just it fills up my heart. I'm really loving it and the reason I talked about tower moments in last week's episode is because I've been in my own tower moment of sorts for a few months now. It started almost exactly when I began recording this show, which does not feel random to me. And it's been really scary, honestly. A lot of things have been falling away on my path lately that I was not expecting to lose or prepared to let go of. And you know, that doesn't feel good. But I've been through this before. That's the advantage of age. You start to recognize the markers and you're able to contextualize what's happening and make sense of it faster. So I've been through life collapses. I've been through up levelings that feel more like demolitions. And I know when something bears a certain kind of tone or imprinting that feels divine which is how I've been experiencing this time in my life lately. It's felt very directed and not haphazard, even though it's definitely been turbulent. When I get that sense that my path is being particularly guided, 
that's a signal to me to stay calm and cooperate and hold on because it means we're going up a few thousand feet to a new cruising altitude. And you know what? I don't like to fly. (laughs) I'm not a good flyer, but I'm also a Sagittarius. I'm a passionate explorer, and there are places that I'm hell-bent on getting to in my life. So I've been working on handling the process of getting there with a bit more grace. We tend to fight our own process sometimes, don't we? I'm reminded constantly in my own spiritual work that what we desire most is usually also what we fear most. So I don't ask my feelings to make rational sense. I just try to work skillfully with them. I can be someone who wants an abundant life with a lot of adventure and risk and expansiveness. And also at the same time, I can be a person who feels terrified when things start moving fast and that feeling of leaving the ground, leaving the known kicks in and we're airborne and I'm freaking out and appreciating it all at once. Pastor T.D. Jake says, when God has a great purpose for your life, he will place a great calamity in front of it. And I love that reframe. It's very much on point with what we've been talking about on this show so far and the questions we've been asking, like, how can I hold this difficult circumstance with as much empowerment and faith as possible? How can I continue to show up and trust and work that muscle of trust? When you think about how muscles are built, they're built through resistance. They're built by lifting something heavy something that's hard to hold. And at first we can barely hold it, but we cultivate a capacity within ourselves, a strength within ourselves to be able to hold it for longer and then longer. And that's the whole point of building muscles. It's not just to look good in your bathing suit. It's so that we can hold the stuff that's hard to hold because life gives us hard stuff to hold sometimes, doesn't it? So a string of difficult experiences started erupting in my life at the same time as I started this podcast. But as this was happening in the midst of it, I was struck by this feeling of, I love working on these episodes. Everything is going wrong, but I'm so happy inside the container of my podcast world. Like it really moves me how we're able as humans to feel joy in the midst of darkness, how we can make room for opposing energies to coexist within us. We don't have to sacrifice one in the interest of the other. And of course, my ego has been freaking out throughout this whole podcast journey so far as egos do, probably because it can sense how much this work is aligned with my soul and how I'm devoting all this time and energy to something I'm not being paid for. A lot of us struggle with this, living inside the structure of capitalism. It's like, am I allowed to give my time and my heart to something that's not making me any money? And the ego, as we've talked about before on this show, and I talk about it in my book too, the ego gets a foothold inside these points of vulnerability and exploits them as a way of controlling us and pulling us back from the growth edge. 
So there's been lots of background threats and complaints coming from my ego as I'm working on the show. I can hear it even now as I'm recording. I don't expect my ego to disappear. I can lower the volume on its antics, but I can't cancel it altogether. And I don't subscribe to the advice out there that we can or we should destroy our egos. I think that's a horrible road to try to go down. I think instead we have a responsibility to understand our egos, to understand how our human psychology works in conjunction with our spirituality, and to honor that sacred tension between the two. Your soul, your spirit, is always going to want you to push through your resistance, to take the risk, challenge your limitations, keep growing into the most authentic expression of you that you can actualize in this life. And your ego is always going to be terrified by the risk involved in that kind of spiritual growth. So it's always going to bring out the big guns like shame when it feels you standing at the precipice of those transformational moments along your path. I was reflecting that everything I treasure in my life began like this. It began with my willingness to do it for free, to give myself to it with no expectations of anything in return. When I was in my 20s and passionately into Buddhism, I trekked across town in the miserable, cold rain one night to see this really lovely Zen Buddhist priest named Ed Brown, who was giving a talk at a bookstore in Manhattan. And when I got there, I was one of the last ones to shake off and slip into my chair. And Ed was seated on a Zafu cushion on this makeshift stage in front of us. And he was sitting with his eyes closed, meditating. And some people in the audience were also meditating. So I thought, okay, I'll close my eyes and I'll do the same until the talk starts. But my mind was racing and I was struggling to transition from the busy, messy city to this quiet sanctuary of a bookstore where all of us had gathered to listen thoughtfully to this person in the community we all revered. And it felt like the minutes were hours, but finally Ed rang the bell and began the talk. And what he said at the beginning of his talk is something I have never forgotten. It's something I still think of regularly. And this was about, you know, like 25 years ago. He smiled, he opened his eyes and he smiled at all of us. And he said, do you have any idea how much I've had to let go of in order to sit before you in stillness like this. We think a lot about what we're trying to get, what we're trying to build, what we want to accomplish, what our legacy will be, but we don't focus on the flip side of this. How much can I bear to let go of? I used to be very literal about wanting a big life. I wanted a big house, a bunch of kids, a full social calendar, an overflowing refrigerator, a carpool schedule, dogs and cats and nannies and 401ks and shoe collections. I wanted all the trappings. I thought a big life was a rich life and a rich life was a form of insulation against sad 
empty, dark things. And you know what? I manifested a big life. I did it. I grew out of those Buddhist days in the city when I was in my 20s and living in a rent-controlled apartment and doing the eight to six grind. I grew out of that reality into starting a company, getting married, having kids. I was living a big fat life. But I forgot how easy it is to get lost inside of things that are big. I forgot that the real richness in life is living in harmony with your soul. It's letting go of so much that you can sit still in perfect stillness in front of a group of strangers in the back of a bookstore on a rainy New York City night. I forgot the other version of emptiness, the kind of emptiness that isn't sad. It's vast. It's liberating. It's spacious. It knows how to hold. It allows for possibility for miracles. So I don't really know what I'm doing here with the podcast, but I'm going deeper into the doing of it. I'm doubling down on my commitment and my love for this project and pouring my heart into it, which feels a bit like driving very fast down a road without any clue where the road leads, just kind of driving for the sake of driving, driving because my intuition insists on it. And I've lived long enough to know that honoring the feedback of my intuition is always the right thing for me to do. So thank you for being here with me and for indulging this strange episode. Thank you for being part of this really scary time in my life that feels like a rebirth. It feels like something is changing and reassembling itself. And normally I would wait until it makes more sense and it feels more presentable before I present it. But instead, I'm going to continue to let it unfold in front of the curtain instead of behind it because I want to be an example of what trust and cooperation with one's soul looks like. I feel that that's my work. I want to know how much I am capable of letting go of in order to sit in stillness before my life. I hope that you'll ask yourself the same question. What does stillness require of you? What does full presence and full trust in your life on your path at this moment, what does that require of you? And how willing are you to give it? You know, your time is the most valuable asset you have in this life. So I deeply appreciate your decision to spend some of it with me today. If you heard something that resonated or brought hope or a new perspective to your life in a meaningful way, please consider subscribing, reviewing, and sharing my podcast so it can find its way to more ears out there. If you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me anytime at marywelch.com. You can sign up there to join my mailing list and stay connected to all of my offerings, writings, and updates. Till next time, friends. <laughs>